discussion may be triggering to some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to the number 893-863. Once again, the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to the number 893-863. Welcome to Talk to Be Well with Providence Aid Joseph Health. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Anderson, bringing you a real conversation on youth mental health topics with the people who know best, teens. Joining me today is our panel from the Be Well Student Advisory Council, Leah and Matthew. We are also happy to welcome Emma, a student volunteer from Youthline. Today, we're talking about healthy relationships. Now, remember, everyone, if you have additional questions about this subject or mental health overall, we can be found at Wellbeing Trust on Twitter and Facebook. Speaking of social, be sure to follow the Be Well Student Advisory Council on Instagram at Work to Be Well. That's at Work the Number Two Be Well, or follow our podcast at hashtag Talk to Be Well. That's hashtag talk, the number two, be well. I'm a psychologist and the chief executive of behavioral health for Providence St. Joseph Health in Oregon. I'm also the clinical liaison for the Wellbeing Trust, an organization working to improve the mental, social, and spiritual health of the nation. Before we start, I want you to know that the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your health care provider if you have questions regarding a medical condition or treatment of any kind. Okay, let's get started by welcoming our panelists to the show. Can you each share a little bit about yourself and your roles with Be Well and Youthline? Matt, let's start with you. All right. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm a junior. I'm also the president of the Oregon Association of Student Councils. Um, Through OESC, I got involved with the uh, Student Advisory Council for Be Well, and I met Dr. Robin Henderson. Since then, it's just been a blast getting to know the people I've been working with and getting to do so much, and getting involved has always been important to me, so this is another way I find myself uh, doing more things for the community, doing more things for the people around me. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I've been really excited to do uh, all these work, all this work with uh, Dr. Robin Henderson, and I'm excited to do more. That's awesome. Leah, how about you? Um, My name is Leah. I'm a senior, and I got involved um, on this Work To Be Well campaign through OASC. I'm part of the Capital Ambassador Program. And I am the co-director of the strategy committee. So I am help um, see our vision and carry out our goals for the campaign. That's really great. Emma, how about you? Um, my name's Emma. I'm 17. I am a senior. Um, and I'm a Youthline volunteer. I got involved with Youthline through Plain Parenthood Teen Council. Um, and I've been volunteering with Youthline for about five months. So... Um, I'm one of the people that answers the calls and chats and texts that come in. And then I also do um, outreach at schools around Oregon. Well, it sounds like we've got a great panel of experts today. And we're going to talk about relationships. And relationships kind of span a continuum. It can be anything from friendships to romantic relationships. We're not really defining that today because all relationships have an impact. And where I think we want to start is is the way we relate to others really begins with how we relate to ourselves. What are the, some, some of the ways that you build your positive self-worth? Well, I think for me personally, I try to make sure that I'm a person or like just for myself that I can be comfortable in any situation or any environment that I'm in. And so that starts with me just making the effort to um, be personable with everyone, make sure that um, no matter who I'm with, I can always start a conversation, whether it be small talk or talking about 
I don't know, like big international foreign conflicts, whatever it may be. Like I'm always just trying to spark conversation, make sure that not only that I'm comfortable in my environment, but that the people around me are comfortable with me. So that starts with just breaking out of my comfort zone and making conversation with anyone and everyone around me. <clears throat> Emma, how about you? Um, I think it's really important to just have like a good relationship with yourself and make sure that you're taking care of yourself, um, even in like smaller ways. And so um, like not forcing yourself to do things that you don't want to do um, and like enjoy like doing things that you enjoy and like letting yourself have that. But um, like it's a balance between making sure that you're pushing yourself, but also not like pushing yourself to do things that make you unhappy. Um, for me personally, I think it's how I talk to myself. I think um, in the past I've had habits of being really negative or when I make a mistake, being really hard on myself. So I think um, the number one way I build my positive self-worth is to have more of a growth mindset and take setbacks as challenges and be more um, forgiving and loving towards myself. Well, that's the basis of where we start a healthy relationship. Loving ourselves helps us to love other people. Who wants to describe a healthy relationship and and tell us about somebody in your life that models what a really good, healthy relationship looks like. Okay. Um, I'm going to model my parents real quick just because, like, I love them so much. But um, I think, like, I, I look up to them a lot in the sense that um, they're really open with each other. Uh, and they're open with, like, the rest of our family, too. It's not, like, an exclusive parent club or whatever it may be. It's, like, if they're having, like, a problem, if they're struggling with something... They make sure that um, me and my brother are aware of it. And then if we have a problem or something, even if we may not want to you know, talk really in depth about it, that we can at least let them know that something's going on and that we need like maybe an additional support in that time. Um, and I think that's what a good relationship is like, uh, making sure that you're aware of each other, like where you're at, um, whether it be you're doing really well or if you need extra support in like, whatever time it is. Um, making sure you're able to communicate with each other. I think communication is really important to a healthy relationship. And I think my parents are, like, my model for that. Um, I think when we think about healthy relationships, um, it's really important not to, like, compare relationships just because, like, I mean, like, it's okay to, like, look up to someone, obviously, but, like, um, just, like, no two people are the same. Like, no two relationships are the same. And so thinking about, like, a healthy relationship as, like, an equitable relationship and knowing that that looks different um, for every single relationship, um, I think it's really important, but, um, just going off of that, like communication is super, super important, um, as well as like honesty and trust, but also going back to that, um, like having respect and care for yourself is really important in that. Is there any relationship you think about that you go, wow, that's a, that's a healthy relationship. Anybody, you know, um, I really value my relationships with my friends because I think that we all, um, struggle with our own stuff and we make sure to support each other but also make sure that like when we need to take a step back and like work on ourselves that we're doing that um, and also just making sure that like we're being honest and upfront with each other and like just like realizing that that's how we like function best is if we're just telling each other um, like straight up when something is coming up versus like trying to hide it or like work it out on our own and like knowing that we can um, lean on each other but also like putting ourselves first. Leah, how about you? I think what everyone else has said, I definitely agree with. I think another important part about healthy relationships is boundaries. Um, 
I think it's important to, like Matt said, communicate like when you need extra support and when you don't. Um, I have a friend, and she's in college right now, and so we FaceTime often. Um, and we'll be going through different things, and so sometimes she'll ask me, like, hey, um, I have, like, a lot that I want to tell you. Are you in a mind, a headspace that I can talk to, to you about this? Um, and so I think it's really important to do check-ins like that and to have boundaries um, because, obviously, like, when you're close to someone and you have a love for them, um, sometimes you want to go all in and that's wonderful, but it's important to know, um, where they're at so you can meet them there. So this has been really instructive and, and helping to learn about what our relationship heroes are. I know for me, I think about people, sometimes I think a little bit in the media and I look at, at relationships like Will and Jada Pinkett Smith, you know, they look like and curate on Instagram that they have this perfect, wonderful, great relationship. When we come back, maybe we should talk about how do some of those images that we have of perfect relationships on social media impact how we think about our own relationships. After a quick break, you're with Talk To Be Well. Lamborghinis and they rented hummus. The party's on, so they're heading downtown. Everybody's looking for a come up, and they wanna know what you're about. Me in the middle with the one I'm loving. We're just trying to figure everything out. We don't fit in well, cause we are just ourselves. I could use some help getting out of this conversation. This discussion may be triggering to some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to the number 893-863. Once again, the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to the number 893863. And you're back with Talk to Be Well with our student guests today, Matt, Leah, and Emma. I want to really dive into this idea of the impact of social media. People talk about how social media impacts mental health, and I'm sure it also impacts relationships. What are some of the ways, positive and negatively, that you've seen social media impacting relationships, your thoughts about relationships? What do you think? I think that, like, consumption of media can be um, really hard for some people because sometimes it can be like so mindless like even thinking back to like how we learn to talk is by listening to other people talk and then thinking about how much time we spend every day whether that's like listening to like music or podcasts or being on our phones or whatever that is um, just like mindlessly consuming those ideas whether we're like thinking about them going into our heads or not Um, and so I think that like mindless part of it can be like a really big um, part because sometimes you can like develop that same mindset or those same thoughts and not really know like how they got there um, and it's hard to be mindful of like what you're consuming as well especially when that goes into um, social media. Well I think with social media um, it's a big comparable thing for people um, and it, with relationships especially um, mostly like romantic relationships or that kind of thing but it's like 
um, when you're in a relationship, it's almost you feel like the need to have to like share that with everyone and have like a part of your like very intimate part of your life shared with everyone for the sole I don't know what the purpose is, but a lot of people just to show like yeah I'm in a relationship like look at me or it's a it's a big it's a big attention thing I feel like and so there's a lot of pressure about people going public with that intimate part of themselves. A lot of people don't feel comfortable sharing those pieces of themselves. But because it's, you know, very common culture to have to share that um, like everyone else does, um, people have to open up about like that insecurity and have to like share pieces of themselves that they're not comfortable with. And I think that's what social media does. It makes people compare themselves and have to do things that they're not comfortable with simply to fit in with some societal like culture. Uh, that I mean, that's been like that's been like what I've experienced, what I've mm -hmm. seen um, as a person like myself, I'm. I'm a pretty private person and I don't share a lot of pieces about myself. So like when I when I do like start like having like relationship with somebody or that kind of thing, there is always that pressure maybe from the partner or just from friends like, "Oh, share that, post that," like that kind of thing. And I'm personally I'm not necessarily comfortable with that. Um I think going off of what Matt was talking about, um the comparing aspect, I think that a lot of people look on social media and there's all those like cute videos of like things like partners like doing things for each other and so you always like have that super high like expectation in your head and I think that can be damaging to relationships um I also definitely agree with what um, Matt was saying about how people feel the need to post but I think it goes even deeper if people feel the need to have someone loving them they feel like their worth is increased or their value is increased if they have a significant other um I found this definitely throughout middle school a little bit less in high school but still prominent um I think targeted more towards um females but also towards um just everyone in general but they feel like they need to have a significant other to be to have to be of worth or to have more value it's like um like fall comes along and you know like zoolites and like that's a big thing like that's like part of that whole cuffing season culture or whatever it's like if you're with someone by like winter time you take them to zoolites you go in that light tunnel you take a cute picture that's the one you see like I'm scrolling through my feed and that's all of it and I'm like what if I just like want to take a picture and like just keep safe like that's all or what if I just want to walk through the lights and just like have a good time with someone like um but yeah you can't even walk through that tunnel because everyone's taking a picture kiss on the cheek something there it's like that's I mean that's like the biggest example I can think of is that it's that pressure to like yeah. share that with somebody when you don't necessarily have to you know that's really interesting because when you talk about that idea of cuffing up we look at the events during a school year, be it homecoming, prom, winter formal, whatever it is. These are all these great times to dress up and party with your friends. But there's a lot of pressure. Do you feel pressure to couple up to go to these dances and events? And how do you handle that? Yeah, definitely. Sometimes I was uh, I was talking from my I was talking to my friend uh, from Tigard High School, and. Uh, I was just like, who are you taking to prom? Are you going to take me, man? Like, just joking around. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to prom. And I'm like, why won't you go to prom? It's like junior year. It's the first time you can, like, just go to prom. And he was like, well, I don't have anyone to go with. And I'm like, so? Just go with, like, a group. And he was like, yeah, but you can't do that. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, you know you can't do that. Like, I generally, like, I don't, like, I don't get that. Like, um, you can go to a dance and have a good time whether or not you have a date or something like that. Um, I mean, I went to my first homecoming and then, like, that kind of thing just with a group. And I frankly had a better time than I think I did when, like, maybe I, like, had to go with somebody else. Like, I have a good time when I'm just with a group of friends. And, like, that's just, like, how I've gone through high school. Um, but I don't know why a lot of people feel that pressure that they have to they have to take someone and take that picture and 
you know, I don't know. That's just, that's me personally. I think it's also kind of hard to think about like, um, the intentions like of those thoughts, like taking a second to step back and say like, okay, like who am I trying to impress with that? Or like, who am I doing this for? And like, if you genuinely are wanting to like go with a date for yourself and that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do. Right. But if you're trying to go with a date to like impress others or, because you feel like you have to, I think that that's something important to like rethink. Um, and also just like that idea of like, what do you like honestly and truly without others judgment want to do? That's a really good point. My son came in the other day and said, mom, I need to go get my text for prom. And in, you know, instinctively I said, okay, who are you going with? And he says, I don't know, but my group's going. So to your point, you know, he really thought about it last year he took somebody who was a good friend, and, and they had a nice time, and it's it's a great story. But they weren't boyfriend and girlfriend. And this year, he just kind of went, no, I just need a text because I'm going to prom with my boys, you know? We're all going <laughs> together, and that's what we're going to do. And between now and then, he may have a date, and he may not. But he was pretty chill with that, and, and I'm really glad that he goes to a high school where that's okay. Any other thoughts about prom? What about promposals? I heard about this last year. I didn't know what a promposal was. Until my son came home and he said, I need 20 bucks. Why do you need 20 bucks? Well, I got to pay somebody to create the poster for the promposal. What do you do with the promposal? What well, goes on Instagram, mom? Okay, so is that really a thing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do tell. Um, I think that there is like a lot of added pressure in that, like while it sometimes can be like a really um, thoughtful thing that has like genuine intentions, I think that that can also put pressure on the other person to say yes. And I think that like within all of this, like feeling the need to be in a relationship and stuff like that, like within that conversation, there's also like this um, thing that like everybody has with like rejection and thinking that that's like a really terrible, like heartless thing. Um, when it can just be like really genuine and like, those are boundaries, right? Like going back to like the simplest idea of boundaries and like, I think adding on to like the proposal, like while it can be really well intended, it also puts so much added pressure, like when people are filming it and like when they took the time to set this up. Um, and I think that that can like add a lot of, just like pressure to make a certain decision on the other person um, and whether that's like something that they want to do or not. Wow. Did you know that the average teen spent $324 on promposals <laughs> in 2015? And the average prom going teen spent $919 on the dance itself. Leo, you look horrified. I am shocked. That sounds <laughs> crazy to me. That is just so much money. I don't want to say waste because obviously it means a lot to some people, but um, I think it's crazy that we let, that some of us let things like um, social media kind of like determine our actions in relationships. Um, that's super interesting to me. I know that I had a friend and he asked me, he's like, oh, can I ask you to prom? And I was like, oh yeah, like I'd love to go. And he's like, don't worry, I'm not lame. Like I'll like ask you in person, like I'll make it big. And I was like, no, like I don't want, like you don't need to do that. Like I'm like very okay with just like going with you. He's like, oh no, 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 it's okay. Um, and so he actually like, did ask me in a big way and it was nice, but I just think like for me it was unnecessary. And so I think it definitely puts a lot of pressure, like Emma was saying, um, to like have it be like this big ordeal, um, when really it just comes down to like what you want or like what you need. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, $324 <clears throat> for a promposal for, 
for like a poster and like a, I mean, that's usually what I see, but that's so much. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I think, um, going back to what was said before, just about like the added pressure, like that's just, I mean, to put that onto a person, like if they say no and they're like, but I spent $324 on this, like it's like a lose-lose situation because mm -hmm. if, if it's someone you don't want to go with and you say yes, then you just, you'll go and you probably won't have a great time. But then if you say, like, if you say no, then, like, everyone's, like, all on you. Like, how dare you? Like, they really put in all that effort. They put in that work. And that's, I think that's just so unfair for some people. Um, I like the idea of just, like, a simple, like, hey, do you want to go? Or, like, that kind of thing. Like Leah said, it's, like, that's, I mean, that's how it should be. But, uh, and then some people are very so different about it, too. Because, like, mm -hmm. some people do want the big, like, voluptuous like poster and like all this thing like they want like the big deal and all of that and it's like um nobody really knows like how some people feel about it so like it's like 50 50 sometimes like do they want the big poster or do they not and then that just determines everything else I think going back to that like idea though of like not knowing what someone wants I think that goes back to like the really easy like idea of like consent right and so even just like when Leah was talking about um how her friend had asked her beforehand I think that that like can seem so simple to people but that's a really big piece it's just verbal consent and like when we're pushing people to do these things even when they're not like sexual acts in any way then it like creates this pressure of not being able to say no right which can go into so many other things and then there's these ideas of like why is it so hard to say no like why can't you just set up your boundaries but like if you think about it there's so so much pressure um and so like consent isn't consent if somebody doesn't have the option to say no right because you're only giving them one option and so um like it all ties back into these like underlying things you know it's a really great point about boundaries boundaries are are one of the hardest parts about relationships how do i give up you know how do i protect me and still be in relationship with you and how do i know how close can I stand to you? Where is your boundary? Where is your bubble? And I think prom and homecoming and all these things push those boundaries for people. Can girls ask boys to prom? Can I mean, how does this work these days? Can you, anybody ask anybody? Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, I would like it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, it's like, I'm like, I'm like, like I said before, like I'm not very like, I'm very like kind of like private, like I keep myself to myself sometimes, even though I'm a very outgoing person. And so like, sometimes I'm just like, you know, it'd be so much easier if like they just asked me, like, that'd be so like, not a lot of guys are like that, but I'm just kind of like, yeah, go for it. Like, I don't care. Like in, in the end, we're going together. Isn't that what this is all about? Having a good time. So I don't know why it has to be like, well, I know why this pressure is like societally. I mean, it's like it's a very new thing. Um, girls asking guys and I see a lot more. It's like a little bit more common now, but it's still very like at my school. It's not very heard of. Like I haven't seen a girl ask a guy in a long time. Um, but yeah, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Smith, put it out there he's, he's, so for the record. He's put it out there. I'm in full support of it as well. Um, I think it is a lot less heard of or girls just kind of expect guys to do it. But I think that just like puts a lot of pressure on them. Um, but I like to go to prom usually just like with my friends, like a group. So I've never done it. But if, if I had an interest, I would definitely go for it. And I encourage anyone who wants to to just ask who they want. 
So as we sit here and think about these ideas of prom and homecoming and all these other types of dances and zoo lights, I love the example of cuffing. <laughs> Some of our listeners may not be familiar with what cuffing is. Could you describe that a little bit? Look, I <laughs> I like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the term, but not necessarily. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> Um, it's like maybe like handcuffing or something like you're like you're cuffed together not I don't know <laughs> like maybe that's it but like it's just the idea like there's a specific time where it's like it's like a boom of relationships it's all of a sudden everybody's in a relationship but you and so then you have to like you have to um, go out there and find somebody because everybody else does and then it like now, now you have zoo lights and you see all those posts of everybody together in the, in the white town and that's like that's just my example, but it's it's like that fall time. Like it starts with homecoming, I think, and then what, right right after homecoming, then it just goes to yeah the end. And I would just like to add on um, to what Matt was talking about cuffing season. Um, I think it is perpetuated by what we see on social media. I think that's just kind of where it all started. Of you see, yes, these couples like going to like. Um, for example, yeah, like zoo lights or like, oh, the pumpkin patch, like people go, like going to pumpkin patches and things like that. And like everyone's, yeah, like going on dates or getting, getting into relationships and it definitely makes you feel like more lonely if you aren't in one. I mean, fall is just such like a, I mean, it's such a festive time. Like it's so easy to go on those little like cute cliche dates. Like it's really easy. Pumpkin patch. Like, are you kidding? Like that's, yeah. And then like, yeah, zoo lights, like it's a really just, it's a really festive time. And so it's really easy to do those cliche things. Um, which is why like a lot of people do it. It's just so accessible. Um, and then they find themselves in this place afterwards where it's like, okay, now you got to get creative. Like what's going on besides like Valentine's day in February? Like not really anything. I feel like a lot of people find those problems and then all of a sudden everybody's single again and then the cycle just restarts. And so, then, yeah. So the tulip festival's not a thing. Was it a thing for... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say so. No, <laughs> a tulip festival was not a thing. Okay, this is this is super good to know. Was that a thing? It, for... I think it is, but it's like not. It's just not as like people don't think of that as like cuffing season. Like yes, like couples like post pictures there, but it's not. That's not what it is. If you can't post the picture on Instagram, it's not a thing. That's very true. Well, this is really good to know because after the break, I want to go down the road of. What happens when you need to get out of a relationship and how do you know? And let's talk and share about how we move ourselves through relationships, positively, negatively, and otherwise. You're with Talk To Be Well, and I'm your host, Doc Rob. In your eyes, there's a heavy blue, want to love and want to lose. Sweet divine, a heavy truth Want to love, don't make me choose Look for love and 
this discussion may be triggering to some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to the number 893-863. Once again, the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to the number 893-863. And we're back with Talk to Be Well and our guests, Liam, Matt, and Emma. Emma's with Youthline, the peer-to-peer crisis line that last year had more than 13,000 contacts and more than 2,000 of those were about relationships. Emma, I wonder if you want to talk about some of the relationship themes you hear people asking about. Um, I think that there's a lot of like unknowns of like whether... Um, if somebody's in a relationship wondering like whether that's healthy or not um, and if someone is thinking that they're in like an unhealthy relationship um, people come to us a lot wanting like non-judgmental support and so I think that like that's a really hard piece of struggling when you're in an unhealthy relationship um, of going places and getting this advice that you don't necessarily want um, versus just like the non-judgmental support that Youthline offers um, because we don't offer people advice like we're there to listen and like help people work through um, things like on their own terms um, and so I think that there is like a lack of understanding for people who are in unhealthy relationships which um, can cause like a lot of isolation for people as well. You know, it's a really great point because I notice a lot of times with my son's friends, people will take sides in a relationship when a relationship starts to go south. And it'll be that kind of pressure of, oh, you should dump him. No, you should stay with her. There's a lot of judgment around unhealthy relationships. How do you, what kind of things do you all see and, and what are the signs of an unhealthy relationship? Well, um... Being frank, I'm not very experienced in relationships, Dr. Robin. But I will say that um, being someone that is there for a lot of uh, my friends and being like someone that a lot of people feel comfortable going to, um, I can tell like the first thing is that when they're saying things to me that I feel they should be saying things to their significant other. Um, uh, they talk about being uncomfortable in situations or they do this, they do that. I'm like, okay, that's great that like you're letting me know and, like you're having someone to talk to, but doesn't it make more sense that if uh, the person that's making you uncomfortable is your significant other, that you should be telling your significant other that what they're doing makes you uncomfortable. I think that's the first sign when they start telling you things that they should be, you know, be open about and have like an open line of communication with. Um, I think another thing is, is uh, when they're in the relationship, they're not um, just like happiness. It's like a really important thing. It's like, isn't that why we stay in relationships, you know, to have that support system, uh, to feel generally like good. And when you're not feeling good, what's, I mean, what's the point anymore? Um, I'm trying to remember a quote that my friend's grandma told, uh, told me. It's like, it goes like something like, um, like high school relationships are about having fun. And if you're not having fun, what's the point? Like, um, I, I, I just think about that. It's like, if you're not having a good time, if you're not feeling good about yourself, why are you keeping yourself in that position? I think that it's also important to, 
um, address like this, like victim blaming piece. And I think that it's really easy from the outside to say like, you know, like, why are you still in this relationship? If you're not enjoying it, why are you still in this relationship? If you know that it's not healthy, but it is like so many worlds of like more difficult when you're actually in that relationship. And so thinking about like the fact that like, nobody's going to stay in a bad situation if that's not like their only option. Right. And so if somebody has like a healthy supportive way to get out of that situation, like it's important to trust that they would um but like going back to that like why would you stay with them stuff like that like there's so many of these other aspects and like I want people to know like when they're listening to this that like we're gonna talk about um maybe some warning signs for an unhealthy relationship but like honestly and truly like it's okay if you are in an unhealthy relationship and you don't know what to do or it's okay if you were in an unhealthy relationship and you didn't see any of these warning signs and like sometimes people will never realize that a relationship was unhealthy until they got out of it and so um really thinking and like holding compassion for these people like yes we want to give you these warning signs so if you notice them then you can maybe reach out for support but also like holding the space for the fact that that's not always an option for people and people aren't always seeing this and like these things can be going on but you can still have a lot of love for your partner regardless of what's going on in the relationship and so just knowing that like we are trying to offer this as um like support but like we know that this isn't always like the situation that everybody's in going off of what emma was saying um what i see happen sometimes when someone is in a bad relationship or an unhealthy relationship a lot of their friends will be like okay well you need to like get out of it right now like you need like they're pushing them pushing them pushing them um and a certain situation that um that i saw happen was they were like okay you either pick like you're either in this relationship and if you don't break up with this person then we're not gonna be friends with you anymore um and i think that is not the right way to go about things at all um i think what emma said like part of what Youthline has about being like non-judgmental I think I wish like that would happen more often with just like everyday relationships and like just like friends to friends um because it is super hard to get out of once you're in it and sometimes you can't see or you're like more blinded um so just it's really important to um be there for someone through it and not make them choose or not give them like an ultimatum or like try to force them out because it is a super difficult situation. So I think the best thing to do is offer um, your support and love. And if it gets, if it crosses a certain point to tell an adult, but other than that, just to be there for them is really important. So it's really important to note that one in 10 teens report being hit or physically hurt by a partner. One in three report being emotionally abused. One in 10 reported being forced by a partner to have sex or to engage in sexual activity. And that raises the issue of consent. How do you all, what is consent? Um, at Planned Parenthood, we define consent with an acronym that's called FRIES. So um, the first piece of consent is that it's freely given. So somebody has the option to say yes or no. It's not forced or, or coerced. Um, and then the R is reversible. So um, you can reverse consent anytime if you um, decide ahead of time that maybe you're consenting to something and then you decide later you don't want to do it. Like that's completely fine. You can decide there's like you can decide at any point that you don't want to do that anymore. And like just thinking about like how so many things go into consent and like acts that you consent for and like any of those variables changing like can change someone's mind obviously and people don't 
even need to have like a reason to change their mind and like no should be good enough. The next piece is um, informed. And so making sure that people are informed about like the act that they're consenting to and about like what's going to be happening in the act and like um, the specifics of like what's going on with them and their partner. Um, and then the E would be enthusiastic. And so going back to that piece of anything that's not a yes is a no. And like that also ties back into like what we were talking about with boundaries and boundaries can be really, really hard to set for some people. Um, and some people aren't comfortable saying the word no. Um, and so they'll give like, like maybe, or like, I'm not sure, or like maybe another time. And like, like anything that's not like an enthusiastic yes is a no. And even if someone's saying yes and you're watching their body language and they seem really uncomfortable, that's a point where you should be checking back in and saying like, are you sure we don't have to do this right now? Stuff like that. Um, and then the last piece is specific. And so being specific about what you're consenting um, to and like where um, and like all of these options that like go in all of the variables that go into like that act um, and making sure that everybody's on the same page, because, again, everybody has like different definitions of things. And so making sure that like specifically everyone's on the same page, but also um, adding on to that, making sure that it's ongoing and it's not just this one um, yes or no question, but it's being continued throughout the act or whether that's like in a relationship, making sure that you're getting consent every time because it's not just um one like question like it should be an ongoing thing um and there's like the verbal piece of it but also watching people's body language can be really important that's really uh that's really really great and i love the fact that there's a very easy acronym for that i also like the fact that that you're talking about anything other than yes is no anything other than an enthusiastic yes is no and we see this play out so often in so many different different ways. And this is not just about those types of ro romantic relationships. It's also about other types of abuse. I mean, what about financial abuse in relationships? I see friends taking advantage of friends because one friend has money and the other doesn't. So they're always the one who's spending the money and that's how you get that. Do you all see things like that, other types of abusive relationships? I mean, yeah, definitely. Um... I mean, there's always there's always going to be a point where someone's going to take advantage, and not in like maybe an intimate sense, but like if someone has been maybe paying for your food for so long, and then you find out you just get used to that, and the one time you're like, like oh I didn't bring my wallet, they're like oh I just expected you to like that kind of thing. That I mean that's taking advantage, um, and that goes back to the piece we were talking about earlier. Like sometimes you don't rec you don't recognize when you're in those relationships. The, um, what's so wrong about it um you don't recognize like the problems that are happening but it might be very visible for someone outside um and then it just makes it so much harder to get out of that i think like lee and emma were saying um yeah like your friends will pressure you and be like yeah that's not okay like you need to look at that that's not okay but while you're in it you're like i don't see any problem with this because like this person cares about me or that kind of thing um that definitely makes it especially a lot harder uh for those relationships so what are the warning signs that you're in a bad relationship? How do you know? I think that sometimes people just know and they just have a feeling and like sometimes people don't know. But I think that like 
I think about like myself when I was like really struggling with my mental health I would go on like safari and be like google like am I depressed and like if you're going into like if you're going on google and saying like what are the like unhealthy warning signs in a relationship or like if you're even like thinking about that like if you have to do that that should be a warning sign for yourself because I think sometimes like honestly and truly you just have a feeling but also sometimes people really don't know um and that's okay yeah I think for my for myself too like with like bad friendships um I think I noticed like the way that I was acting in my own household and then like the like the reflection it had like on my grades and that kind of thing I think like I was in a pretty bad like relationship with a group of friends and I was in like a bad group of friends that I didn't think had like a good impact on me personally Mm -hmm. and I saw that well, I didn't see, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I was having a good time. I thought these people were here to support me. But meanwhile, I would come home and not talk to my parents and then they would get mad about it. I would go maybe like a week without maybe just saying more than, hi, bye, school was good. Thank you for dinner. That's it. Um, and then my grades especially, I noticed like uh, by last year, by like the end of the third quarter, I had nothing above, like nothing above a C. And then by the end of the year, I had to like regain myself, build everything up and fight to get that all back to good grades. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, just being in those, you don't really know what's happening, but I think I look at, like, the effect it takes on different aspects of my life when, like, I'm not talking to the two most supportive people in my life, and then when I'm not reflecting as good as I should be academically, I think those are also two good signs for, like, okay, something's wrong here. Maybe it's not the relationship, but how you're feeling um, and, like, the toll it's taking on you personally. Um, Some unhealthy signs that I've either experienced or seen are um, one, if they're pressuring you to do something or be someone that you don't want. Um, I think that's a major, that's like a red flag. I think also um, if they make you feel guilty a lot for things that you shouldn't be feeling guilty about, like spending time with other people, I think isolation is a big part of it too. Um, Some people have this idea in their head that like, oh, if you're best friends then you're best friends and you shouldn't be hanging out with other people and they get kind of possessive. And I think um, if someone sees you in that light or you're possessive towards someone else, I don't think that's healthy. I think you need to be able to be comfortable and be able to set those boundaries and have that um, important aspect of consent. And if you don't, then it's unhealthy. Um, you brought up at first, like doing things you don't want. And I think that's especially like harder in high school because a lot of the times people are very vulnerable in the sense that they're just trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, high school is a lot about finding out who you are personally, finding out the do's and don'ts. What are you like? What are the things you like to do? So especially when you're really confused about those things, uh, you're pretty vulnerable and susceptible to those types of actions. So you find yourself thing it's like, this is what I want. Like when you think you're having a good time and you think you have that support, but you don't, it's like, yeah, this is, this is what I want. This is who I am. This is who I was like meant to be. And it's especially harder to get out of that when people start identifying with those things. It becomes a very personable piece of someone. Um, and that's why it's really hard to get out of those relationships. It's just because it becomes very, it, it's how you identify with yourself. Um, it's how you, like, when you start feeling comfortable, that's just when it, it, when, yeah, when you just start feeling comfortable, I think is when it gets to the point where you're not going to be able to recognize that yourself. You need the people around you to, you know, point out that, okay, maybe things are changing and you're not the same as you have been in the past, whether that be good or bad, you need to be able to have those people to, you know, shed that light for you. Well, you all have triggered a lot of questions on social media. And when we get back after this break, we're going to take some of these questions from social media today because this is Talk To Be Well, and you all are doing an excellent job at it. I'm Dr. Robin, and we'll be right back. Give me your, give me your, give me your attention, baby. I got to tell you a little something about yourself. 
Discussion may be triggering to some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to the youth line at 1 877 968 8491 or text teen to teen to the number 893 863. Once again, the youth line at 1 877 968 8491 or text teen to teen to the number 893-863. And we're back with Talk to Be Well. And after that last segment, it really left me wondering, okay, we've talked a lot about bad relationships. What's your advice for how you get out of a bad relationship? I think that it is really, really hard. And that's like the first thing that I want to say is that it's so hard. Um, and it's okay if you don't know how. And it's okay if you don't feel like you're ready to. Um, the piece that I would add is that um, sometimes there's like this idea of like, okay, it's going to get better. We'll work through this. It's going to get better. But like a lot of times, um, if you're seeing these same patterns, it won't. Um, and so I think that like, it takes so much time to heal from that and so much time to like reframe your life. So it's not around that person. Um, and just knowing that like, that is never like, the sooner that you end that relationship, the sooner you can start healing, right? And so there's no time that you can end that relationship where you're not going to have to heal from it. And so the sooner that you're not in that place, the sooner that you can start healing and just knowing that like, even though you still have like love and care and compassion for that person, it's okay to separate yourself from them. And it's okay to hold that loving care and compassion for yourself and put yourself first. Um, and it's almost impossible to heal in the same place that you got sick in. And so just thinking about that and like, it's really hard to heal when you're still trying to hold that compassion for that person or while you're still always around that person. Um, and knowing that like you need to work on yourself first and you need to put yourself first, which can be like such a such, like really hard step, especially if you're dealing with this like um, manipulation or emotional abuse or whatever that looks like. Um, but just like being able to hold compassion for yourself and knowing that it's really, really hard. Um, and it's hard to like tell yourself that someone that you care about is hurting you. And that's like a really, really hard thing to realize. And so like, another like big piece is just like holding compassion for yourself um also just any relationships um in general like like mm -hmm. em said are very hard um but make sure that you're ending it in whatever way you feel comfortable um 
maybe like some relationships you out of respect like for like the relationship like talk to them in person like owing them that like face-to-face communication like this is done um this is like over that kind of thing but sometimes that's not possible Uh, there's a lot of factors that might make someone feel unsafe maybe your partner is not in the right like headspace or you know has the control over their temper to make you feel comfortable to end that kind of relationship uh face to face with someone um so do do it in your own means uh whatever makes you feel comfortable doing it whether it be in public or private um maybe just having to do it over the phone something like that whatever makes you the most comfortable because it is a hard thing for a lot of people and not everybody not everybody's capable of handling it respectfully um i agree with matt and emma i think um, it is a very difficult and real thing to do, um, but it is very um, serious and it's something that is crucial. I think it definitely depends on the situation and um, how you feel and how you want to go about it. I think one super helpful thing is having support from other people, if possible. I think talking about it to either a trusted adult or a friend and kind of maybe brainstorming with them like, hey, I need help. Like This is scary for me so they know um, what you're going through because I think going through it alone um, is like one of the hardest things ever. I think getting support from other people, um, and having them kind of back you up in this. Cause I think it's super easy to want to believe them or love them or, um, kind of fall back into what Emma was saying of, Oh, like, Oh, maybe it'll get better. Maybe I shouldn't do this and kind of like having second thoughts. So I think, um, sticking to your decision and getting support from that really helps. Can I ask a question real quick? Absolutely. Um, like I said, like doing whatever, like ending a relationship, like however mm-hmm. you feel comfortable, uh, that's really important. But there's also like a stigma piece around how you end it. And I think uh, a lot of people say it's like you're a terrible person for texting someone like to break up with them, sending like a long paragra- paragraph or something like that. Um, is that in some cases a reasonable means of breaking up with someone? Although it's like it's very like um, it's very some people would say childish, very like middle school, like, but mm-hmm. in some cases, is that acceptable to be able to end a relationship through a text message? Absolutely. I think that if somebody is hurting you, you don't owe them anything. You don't owe them that apology. You don't owe them like a reasoning. Um, and sometimes it's hard. So going back to that piece of like, this is somebody who is abusive, whether that's physically or emotionally, if that's what you have to do to get out of that, then do it by all means. And I think that like, it's like, we're talking about like breaking up with someone who is possibly like abusive. And so just like, even during the breakup, like that person is still going to be abusive. And so knowing that like that can be so much harder in that situation. And like, especially when there's like manipulation going on, like it can be so hard to do that in person. And like, I feel like so many times, um, like someone will go to break up with someone and then that person will manipulate them more. And so that's just like another, Um, spot where like an abuser could make themselves um, look like the victim and like be playing that role um, to continue on the relationship and so just like knowing that that is such a like vulnerable space for you to be in and that's like an easy place for them to come in and like take the power um, of that situation if you need to text them to break up with them absolutely do it if you need to snapchat them to break up with them do it (laughs) like anything that you need to do to get yourself out of there I'm proud of you. You know, that dovetails right into our first question from Facebook from Isabel. What do I tell my friend if I think their boyfriend's being abusive and they're covering it up? 
it's definitely sensitive. You can't just, I think we we touched on it earlier, but you can't just be like, you can't make it like a threat thing. You can't be like, you're in an abusive relationship, get out or I won't talk to you. Like, that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's not support. That's, I mean, that's just selfish, I feel. Um, You have to recognize that, you know, relationships are different for everyone and you don't know, like, you don't know the relationship like the people that are in it. Um, it's a very like it's a, it's an intimate thing. It's a connection between two people that's you know you can't always see from the outside. Um, so I I honestly like I I don't know how I'd answer that. I don't know like you just you have to be a supportive friend. You have to be you know like sit them down, talk to them about it without being pressing or aggressive. Um, you just have to recognize that you're looking at it from a different point of view, and that maybe they have a different point of view that not everybody sees. I think going off of like what Matt said um that like it is definitely like I do hold compassion for people who are watching a friend going through that because it's really hard um to watch someone you love like be struggling with that and it's really hard to know what the right thing to do in that situation is and even though like saying you need to break up with this person or we'll stop being friends stuff like that um is probably not the most trauma-informed best thing to do there are people who don't know what else to do um and that is a fair spot to be in I think like one of the really like subtle things that we practice at Youthline is making sure that you're using the same language as that person so if that person isn't naming their relationship as abusive it's important that you don't do that either and so making sure that if that person is saying like hey my boyfriend's mad at me all the time like using those same like that same verbiage with them um and not like take like if they're not naming it as trauma don't name it as trauma because that's up to them to do um but also knowing that like a fair amount of that time that person needs to um get out of that relationship on their own terms and so supporting them and doing that and really making sure that you're holding compassion for them and how hard that is um but also offering resources and knowing that like I'm assuming this person asking this question isn't trained or a doctor or anything. And so making sure that like we're getting someone who is um, involved, but in a way that supports them and in a way that's not like breaking their trust, but also knowing that it's not just on you to like fix that person's relationship or get them out of that relationship. Cause that's a huge responsibility. So I think I want to go back to something, Emma, that you said at the very beginning about youth line and the fact that if you're in a relationship and you and you have a friend who's, you know, you think may be in an abusive relationship, referring them to Youthline for peer support where you have a trained peer counselor, you know, call 877-968-8491 and there's somebody there for you who's trained in that conversation. Um, yeah. No, I just want to say, um, going back... Uh, I think there's like abusive, like uh, like emotionally abusive relationships, mm-hmm. or like something like um, like you like you can be a resource to your friend, and like you can help them talk about it without being aggressive. But if you genuinely think, uh, and there's reason to believe that the abuse that's happening is not not just emotional, but physical abuse, if someone's actually in danger. Um, you know these these relationships they happen all the time, and it's not something that people like talking about. And I, I think I think in some cases it's okay to maybe go over their head, I think, when it's a, it's a hard, like, when someone's genuinely in danger, they're physically mm-hmm. in danger, their life is in danger, you have to go to someone more than just their friend. They're not going to recognize, uh, they're not, that's not something that people just go out shouting from the rooftops, like, that's, I mean, you, you just don't do that. Um, 
and if you i think like emma said it's like it's not your some it's a hard responsibility to take on you as a friend to be able to solve someone else's relationship problems but if someone's genuinely in danger i think it is okay to go over their head go to someone responsible um whoever it may be parents administration law enforcement at some in some cases um it's more about ju it's more than keeping a relationship between your friend it's keeping them safe and keeping them alive and well i think going off of that um to look i definitely agree with that and i definitely do think that there are like trauma informed people that you can go to and so um, while that can be like a harder step to take, like if that is available to you and you are able to find resources for, um, specifically people who work with people who are in, um, unhealthy or abusive relationships, like that can be really helpful again, because, um, law enforcement can make things like a lot more complicated and sometimes, um, that like they aren't the most like trauma informed in those situations. And so again, if you're looking for like specific resources, you can always contact Youthline. Um, yeah, just going off of, I think just like first and foremost, um, just listen to your friend and be there for them. Um, show compassion. Don't judge them. Um, definitely be loving towards them and kind of remind them of like what they deserve and, um, just be there for them. And then also, as Matt was saying, if it does get to that certain point, um, that they would be in danger to, um, go to another resource. Um, but overall just, um, even though it might be kind of hard to try to understand and empathize, just like stick by them. And I think Leah, you've wrapped this up really well. I want to thank all of our, our guests here today. You've raised so many issues. We have so many more questions from social media to answer. I'm wondering if you all would come back another time so that we can explore some other aspects of relationships, because you've really, really, really brought up a lot of very interesting issues. And, and just so that we know, we're talking about a very small portion of relationships because only one out of every three teens is in a romantic relationship or has been in a romantic relationship. Two thirds of teenagers have never been in a romantic relationship. So we haven't even touched the surface of that. Would you all agree to come back and talk another time with Talk To Be Well? Absolutely. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. I want to thank you today for your participation. I really want to thank our guests, Leah, Matthew, and Emma, for sitting down with me today and sharing what you think healthy relationships are. This has been such an, an exciting, awesome, and very informative conversation. You have shared wisdom beyond your years today with our listeners, and I think we really want to come back and touch on some of the aspects of relationships. And my apologies to those of you on social whose questions we didn't get to. You're going to have to come back to hashtag talk to be well to hear the answers. I want to thank everyone for listening and sending in your questions. And as we wrap up today, I encourage everyone to think about what you bring to your relationships and how you bring your best self. I hope that you know the value you bring. And after listening today, I want you to feel that you can speak your mind in your relationships and that there are people out there who are willing to listen to you. If anything we shared today may be hard for you, please reach out. Help is available at Youthline for peer support. You can call 877-968-8491 or text TEEN to TEEN. That's TEEN, the number two, TEEN to 839-863 and someone will reach back to you. You can also call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. We look forward to future conversations on more mental health and relationship topics with our youth panelists. Make sure to follow our podcast at hashtag talk to be well. That's hashtag talk, the number two, be well. 
You could also follow the Be Well Student Advisory Council on Instagram at work to be well. That's work the number two be well. And you can follow Wellbeing Trust on social media. This discussion may be triggering to some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to the number 893-863. Once again, the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to the number 893-863.